Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. This is a Vault Studios production. I'm Reed Redmond. I'm Spencer Brudig. I'm Will Johnson. This show contains graphic material and is meant for mature audiences. This week on True Crime Chronicles. The things that I miss about Liz was that she was always so kind. I, I just miss, I miss being able to pick up the phone and call her. Everybody's interested in dramas and cop shows. Well, we're giving you straight up a murder video that you can study and watch and anything that someone can think of or triggers a memory. Give us a call. On the morning of January 25th, 2019, 29-year-old Liz Barraza was up early, setting up for a garage sale in the driveway of her home in Tomball, Texas, a suburb of Houston on the northwest side of town. It's a growing suburb where young families move to start their lives, and it was, by all accounts, a quiet, nice, peaceful neighborhood. Grace White with KHOU Channel 11 News in Houston says... Liz and her husband, Sergio, were celebrating five years of marriage. They were planning to go to Orlando. Her bags were packed. And the garage sale was going to help give the couple some extra spending money for their trip. She wanted to surprise her husband, her dad told us, with a souvenir. They were both huge Star Wars fans and huge Harry Potter fans, and she wanted to have a little extra spending money with her on this trip to Orlando to buy a souvenir. Liz's dad, Robert Nully Jr. She knew that when she got down there at the Harry Potter park there, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, and at the Star Wars park there, she knew that there was going to be souvenirs that they just absolutely had to have. And they had already paid for the trip. They had everything. I mean, it was all, that was how they did things. They didn't go into debt for this stuff. And she decided to have a garage sale to put a couple hundred dollars in her pockets so she could surprise her husband with a really cool souvenir. So an interesting note about the garage sale is this is not something she had planned for weeks, had told people about and had been advertising about online. This was something she was doing spur of the moment just to have some extra spending cash for this trip to Orlando. It's not something that detectives told us when they were interviewing all her friends and family that everyone knew about. So with bags packed and ready to walk out the door, Liz Barraza was excited. But the garage sale would never take place. Shortly after 6.50 a.m., as Liz is setting things up outside, someone walks up and fires a gun at Liz. She drops to the ground. A warning, the following is actual audio caught by neighborhood surveillance cameras of the gunshots that killed Liz Barraza. When the murder first happened, we started to see images from neighbors' surveillance cameras. So cameras that look onto the street that caught the suspect's black truck coming and going. It was in the neighborhood several times. And then we saw a piece of video that's probably the most um, played. And that is a piece of video that shows from, again, a neighbor's home, the suspect in what appears to be a disguise walk up 
get out of this truck, walk up the driveway, and approach Liz, and the shooting happens right there on camera. Wallace Wyatt is a detective with the Harris County Sheriff's Homicide Department. Heart-wrenching, just being told about it and the things that had happened afterwards and the family and her close friends, and then seeing the videos and seeing how pettiless and ruthless this was. I mean, it was definitely a premeditated and a definite act of this murderous person. Wyatt says the video repeatedly captures the black four-door Nissan Frontier driven by the killer. That killer apparently waiting for Liz's husband to leave for work before driving up. This suspect was down the street in the truck in view of the home, in view of Sergio's car leaving, and he or she was waiting. After the husband leaves, it's just a few minutes, and the truck drives past her home, turns around, parks in front of their neighbor's house, leaves the car running, the lights are on, walks up in a definite, decisive manner. Uh, Not too fast, but solid, Uh, deliberate. Uh, They exchange greetings. uh, And then you see Liz in the video notice the gun and she jumps, scares her. Uh, I think Liz then may have known that person. Uh, Maybe she didn't recognize the person walking up because she wasn't staring at them. She greeted them. And then when the gun came out, you look at that person's face. She might have recognized them then because there are a little bit of words exchanged. We just don't know what those were. And then you notice the strange outfit and then the gun. Shot her three times and then stepped over and shot her again while she's on the ground. And then runs back to the truck, gets in the driver's seat and flees. And within two minutes, the truck drives back past the house. Uh, I don't know, admiring their work, making sure she's dead. Uh, And then drives out of the neighborhood. Surveillance video in Liz's neighborhood would also reveal that it wasn't the first time the truck and its driver had been in the area. Prior to that, the day before, we have some video in the evening time uh, of this truck driving through the neighborhood. Detectives have told us this truck was seen on camera the night before the evening before the murder, before this garage sale even happens in the neighborhood. They believe the killer was canvassing the neighborhood the night before. Two years after Liz was gunned down on that January morning, that truck is still the best piece of evidence that investigators have. They've asked us to put that picture out there, and it's it's a really distinctive truck. It's a black Nissan four-door truck. And it's a newer model, something they say from maybe 2013 or 14 all the way up to 2020. And there's a distinctive sticker on the back of it, a Pro 4X sticker. That's a specific type of Nissan Frontier truck. And so they believe that truck could really be the key to solving this murder. Hopefully that truck will jog someone's memory and help us possibly find who would have been driving that truck on the date of the murder. On all these different videos from neighbors' houses and the new video from Liz's, you can see the truck, you can see the make, the model, and some distinguishing features, but you can't get a license plate, or at least they have not released a license plate to us. A few minutes after the murder, the truck drives by the scene of the crime. Again, all captured on surveillance video. And detectives say that is rare. You know, normally people commit these crimes and they get out of there. But this person chose to come back, which is really chilling. As time has gone by and the video has been analyzed over and over again, 
Another detail of that morning has emerged, something that investigators suspected from the start and eventually confirmed. We knew from the beginning that there was some sort of exchange of words uh, between Liz and the killer. It was just a few seconds, and we were told at the time it was very muffled, but they weren't going to release that audio to us. Now, two years later, they have released that audio, and you can hear for yourself the muffled conversation that Liz Barraza has with her killer. It's very chilling, and it really happens very quickly. That audio file is just, it's her final words. Good morning. Mm -hmm. It's her final words. And the thing that just kills me is he, she's, she's herself. She's just like saying, good morning. And then all of a sudden you hear three shots. Liz falls to the ground. Detectives tell us the killer steps over her fires one final shot, and then leaves. And the interesting thing, there's no shell casings. Detectives say they believe this could have been a revolver, which combined with the disguise that he or she was wearing, it seems like this person went to great lengths to cover their tracks. Detectives tell us they believe this person knew they'd be on camera. They knew there'd be home surveillance in the neighborhood. They planned for all that. They believe this was a targeted killing. And as distinctive as the truck in that video, the disguise the killer is wearing is even more so. When you look at the surveillance video from this case, you notice right away this killer was in some sort of what appears to be disguise. It sort of looks like a wig, long flowing hair, maybe a robe or some sort of outfit that doesn't look normal. And then the shoes even look like some sort of high heels or boots, detectives tell us. I mean, it looks like white go-go boots to me and some type of moo-moo dress or something. Very odd. Uh, the hair is long and full, which is, you know, different. So obviously this person did something not to look normal. Uh, and those things there could be easily taken off right after the murder. Uh, it's not a fitted outfit. It's nothing tight. They could have had a whole different outfit on underneath that dress. And as soon as they got in, pulled it off. Uh, that would also be a protective to keep evidence off of them. Knowing there's cameras around, obviously they knew they needed to do, disguise themselves. We've asked the detective on the case, is the suspect a man? Is it a woman? They don't want to rule anything out, but they do agree that this was some sort of disguise, some sort of attempt to cover it all up. Also worth noting, the killer takes nothing from the scene of the murder. You know, we always ask in these types of situations if anything was stolen, and we asked that question from the beginning. Detectives tell us nothing was stolen. That's another reason they believe this was a targeted hit on Liz Barraza. They just don't know why. There's no motive in this case or none that they've released to us. Now, over two years later, a suspect remains elusive. So there's a new detective on the case, and I actually asked him that question two years later. Are there any good suspects? And he did tell me they've looked at several people. They have several people that are still looking at. But he said in terms of a good, solid suspect, they don't have it. Some tips do trickle in, and we check it into those. But it's... You're saying a solid suspect? No, we don't have a solid suspect right at this time. You know, we also asked the detective if two years later, the family is still cooperating, the husband is still cooperating. Yeah, Sergio is still, we talk every month. Uh, I talk to her family. 
we still all communicate and still looking to get what is right for Liz. So this is an investigator, this is a family that are working hand in hand. There's been an outpouring of support for the Barraza family. Liz was well known in the Star Wars community. She was a part of a group that would go to hospitals in costume, in Star Wars costume and visit sick kids. They have reached out to detectives. They've reached out to the family. They've held a vigil in that driveway with lightsabers. It was a particularly moving moment where people came together, this Star Wars community and and friends and supporters of Liz and said, we want justice. We will not forget you. We will continue to fight for you. And it's, it's really been moving to see how many people have come together and surrounded this family during this time. For Liz's dad, Robert, every day brings back painful memories of the daughter he lost to a nameless killer. This has been two years like you just can't, just can't imagine. Um, it is, it is frequently as fresh and painful as it was two years ago. And I'm going to say that over time, the grief and the and the anger, they change. Um, you get, you never get used to it, though. In my opinion, you just, it's something that's constantly with you, and it, any little thing can trigger it. You know, um, a picture, a song, uh, passing by a familiar place. So. I mean, it's really tough. Robert has also grappled with another memory about that morning. So one of the interesting things Liz's dad recently told us is he was supposed to be there that morning with her at this garage sale just to help her out, to be a dad. The, the plan was for me to, to go there and be with her that morning um, because I was unemployed at the time. And the thought was, well, you know, Maybe I could raise a little bit of money. And the night before I texted her, it's the last text I ever had with her. And I said, baby, I, I need to be looking for a job. I can't, I can't like take a whole day off to maybe make a couple hundred dollars. I think it's better if I spend the day job hunting. And she was, she was fine with it. And had it not been for that, I, I probably would have been there at the time that all this happened. And that's been a, that's been a any that's a constant source of of grief to me survivor's guilt or whatever um you know if i had been there maybe it wouldn't have happened if i'd been there i would have been armed because i i don't go anywhere if i'm not and maybe just my being there would have deterred someone from doing what they did but yeah you can't get it out of your head and it really is very unhealthy to sit there and speculate about it I also asked Liz's dad if him and Sergio, Liz's husband, are still close. And he said they talk often. In fact, they're building a droid together right now. They've nicknamed R2LZ in Liz's honor. So we're working really hard. Sergio and I have been building um, a life-size, full-functional remote-controlled droid that um, she wanted desperately. She really, she was such a huge fan of it. Because it did the thing that she wanted to do. It when you roll that droid into a room, a kid's hospital room, or or in a convention floor at a birthday party, 
every kid in the place just lights up. They're so excited. And she wanted to do that. She wanted to do that. And so we're building this droid as part of our fundraising for Make-A-Wish for that, for that um, endowment. And Sergio and I have managed in uh, 11 months to get the entire shell printed and all of the internal parts. And now we are starting assembly and we'll start on electronics and everything. And it's it's a true labor of love, but I, I'm so, so excited to maybe be able to bring that to life this year because it's something she would have just been over the moon about. This case is gonna be solved because somebody steps up. And if you know something, for God's sake, step up. And it's not just justice for Liz. It's because I don't wanna see another family go through what we're going through. You know, I, I belong to a group called Parents of Murdered Children. And once a month we get together to talk to one another because nobody understands what we're going through other than somebody that's in that same on that same path. And I see so much pain and so much lives being destroyed. And I just think to myself, I have to do everything in my power to get this person or persons arrested because no family should have to go through this. This is just, it's unbelievable. Someone's gonna come forward. Someone's going to listen to their heart and come and help us with this. Uh, it's gotta be weighing on whoever knows about this heart. She was murdered by some cowardly person who just give it up, just step forward and let us see you in the real light. I just, I can't imagine that they've not, not been caught. If you believe this was a targeted hit and detectives have told us they do, you have to ask yourself, who knew Liz would be out there that morning at 6.53, standing in her driveway, setting up this garage sale? I think it took some planning and uh, it had to have more than one person involved to do it like it happened and just to go away like it happened. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. For True Crime Chronicles, I'm Will Johnson. I'm here with Reed Redmond and Spencer Brudig. All right, guys, what do you think? Uh, a case that seems like somebody would have seen something even that early in the morning, you know, in this in this neighborhood, right? Right. It's it's just strange. And and one detail that stuck out to me that, that Grace White mentioned, and I wanted to sort of connect the dots on, but early in the episode, Grace mentioned that Liz hadn't really planned or even advertised the garage sale. And where that kind of came into the picture at the end is that if investigators think she was targeted... Uh, that her killer was someone who knew her, it seems like it could be a clue that maybe her killer could be someone she'd mention the garage sale to directly. Yeah, I mean, I think it's certainly a valid point. If she doesn't mention this garage sale to many people, uh, then, you know, then only a, a smaller group of people would be 
in the mix of people they might want to be looking at, but who knows? Yeah, and we, you know, we hear the description of the video, but um, the video is publicly available, and when you watch it, it is, it is really chilling. This video that was captured by a neighbor's uh, video doorbell camera, um, and it really is, it's so sad that we hear, you know, that her last words were good morning, you know, Liz just being herself. But then there is this this pause that happens between them, this almost eight seconds that passes before the first gunshot is fired. And that really sticks out in my mind is it makes me think, you know, what words were exchanged in that moment before this person killed her. It's really an odd case. Yeah, you know, we hear extensively from her father and it just must be the hardest thing in the world, obviously, to to lose a daughter uh, to a violent crime like this, but then to have this footage and to be able to see, uh, you know, a fair amount of evidence, right? That you see the the person, the killer coming up, firing shots, leaving in this black truck. You see the black truck. There's several instances the night before of the truck on video. I mean, you've got all this video surveillance and still no suspects have been named. And one of the things we talked about, I know on last week's episode was the investigators in that case weren't giving information, you know, security footage, things like that, because maybe they had a suspect. In this case, it seems like the hope is that releasing this video will drive new leads and new tips. Yeah, even two years later, you certainly hope that somebody will come forward and say something. Uh, I should mention, she was, uh, as we all know, she was a big Star Wars fan. Uh, there's a $20,000 reward at Crime Stoppers of Houston, also because of a donation from Peter Mayhew's foundation. And you may know that name. He played Chewbacca in Star Wars, uh, passed away a few years ago, I believe. But uh, he has uh, helped uh, to to make that, that reward possible. Also, the family, uh, according to the father, uh, they have been working to establish the Liz Braz and Peter Mayhew Memorial Endowment for Wishes. So it's uh, basically they're working to get that established, but it, it puts money into a Make-A-Wish Foundation or into the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So pretty cool that somebody from the Star Wars universe has gotten involved in trying to solve uh, her murder. All right, so we will, of course, return next week with uh, another case. But in the meantime, Spencer, I, I saw you just posted on Facebook the subgenres of true crime that people like to listen to, right? A poll. Right, yeah, we have a uh, we have a Facebook group that many of you may already know of. It's called Inside the Crime Vault, and it's just a great place to uh, connect with like-minded true crime fans. And uh, you know, we have polls, and we post uh, different pieces of information from the cases we cover, and and talk about others as well. All right, thanks to Spencer Brudig and Reed Redman. I'm Will Johnson. We will be back next week with a new case and a new story. <laughs>